Welcome to the Having It All podcast, the show about what it takes to live an abundant, loving life. My name is Matthew Bivens, and each week I'm helping you get out of your head so that you can truly have it all. Let's do it. What's going on, my awesome friend? Welcome back to the Having It All podcast. I am Matthew Bivens, your host, your balanced lifestyle coach, and your transformation specialist. And I'm here with you every single week to hang out and talk to you about how you can have it all. Because on this show, we all believe that, yes, you can have it all. Don't believe what those other people out there that tell you, no, you can't actually have it all. You can. Because here, it's about your perspective. With the proper perspective, you absolutely can have it all. And we believe that having it all is about living your abundant, loving life. It has nothing to do with what you possess. It has nothing to do with your accomplishments. None of that stuff. It has everything to do with how you are relating to life and how you see life. And so this is the podcast where we talk about shifting our lens, shifting our perspective, checking out our BS, our belief systems, dropping those that don't work for us and adopting new ones that do work for us so that you believe you can have it all too. I am super excited today. We have a very cool episode that was inspired by a listener message that I received on Instagram. And we're going to be talking about two things that I know every single person has dealt with and is dealing with, sadness and overwhelm. We've all experienced it in different degrees and to different frequencies. And so today I'm going to talk to you about how to deal with sadness and overwhelm in a healthy way. Because you can deal with those things in an unhealthy way and you can deal with those things in a healthy way. And I've experienced a lot of both. And so I'm going to share with you how I have dealt with and continue to deal with moments of sadness and moments of overwhelm and to do it in a healthy way. So you're going to get a really great takeaways from this episode that you can apply into your life. I am pumped for that conversation. And before we get into all that great stuff, if you could just take a moment to subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast app you use, that would be fantastic. Helps other people to discover the show. And it's just a cool way to support the show. You can just hit subscribe again on whatever app that you use. And if you feel inspired, you can take it a step further and leave a rating and review as well. I love reading reviews. I read them from Apple Podcasts. There's other apps out there where, where you, know, you can leave a review. And if you leave one on one of those other apps, what you can do is screenshot it and share it with me so that I can read that review here because I just may not see it. And if you want to reach out to me to send that screenshot, or maybe you've got some questions, maybe you want to suggest a topic, or maybe just give some feedback on the show in general, you can always reach me personally at Matthew at MatthewBivens.com, or you can go to my Instagram. I'm at Matthew underscore Bivens. All right, let's kick things off with some magic, because what good is walking around feeling like we have it all if we feel powerless? You won't get to feeling like you have it all if you feel powerless. You just won't. And so magic is a way to help us no longer feel powerless. It's a way to help us see that we are creators. We are co-creators in our life experience and that we can actually influence the things around us. Because magic is when you influence self, others, or life in an empowering way. And my goal is to help you strengthen your magic muscle so that you walk around 
spotting all those different moments when you've influenced self, others, or life in an empowering way. So I'm going to share a piece of magic from my life recently that I'm going to invite you to hit pause and reflect on a piece of magic in your life before continuing with the episode. So my magic, it's November 30th right now, 2020. My magic is this past weekend, this past four-day weekend, which here in the States was Thanksgiving. And my family and I had such an amazing, magical four days. Like we had a staycation and it was tremendous from Thursday, which was Thanksgiving, up until Sunday. And what was so magical about Thanksgiving in particular was that we were very committed to having a robust Thanksgiving, yet at the same time, having it be fun and joyful and stress-free. And so we hosted my mother who came over and enjoyed a meal with us. And Sarah and I cooked. And I mean, Sarah threw down. She, she cooked a huge turkey. She made dressing. She made, you know, all these different, all these different food items. I put together some sweet potatoes and Maya and I made cookies and we were just in the kitchen jamming. You know, we had records spinning. You know, Maya was playing. I was in there whipping stuff up. Sarah was in there whipping stuff up. And we had time to clean up before my mom came over, before the actual meal. And we had the parade going on and just like all this wonderful holiday stuff that we were very intentional about because we wanted to have that holiday experience. You know, it's a little bit different for us this year. Normally, we've got bigger family gatherings for Thanksgiving, and that just wasn't in the cards. So it was a little bit downsized, but we said, you know what, just because it's different doesn't mean that we can't still experience the, 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 the fill-up that we like and have the holiday cheer that we enjoy. So we made sure that we created it, and we absolutely did. And we had laughter, great food, cool conversations. It was all just beautiful. And it was something that, you know, again, we were intentional that we wanted to experience. So we made sure we made it happen. And that kicked off on Thursday and just flowed into the rest of the weekend. So that is my magic. And now I invite you to reflect on some magic in your life. How have you influenced self, others, or life recently? It can be a big way. It can be a small way. It all matters. It's all important because Every single time you stop and reflect on magic, you strengthen that muscle, that muscle of yours that can spot those moments in your life that are really the awesome moments, the wow moments. If you stack up more wow moments than not wow moments, I'm telling you, you're winning. You are. Like the people who win at life are the ones who have so many magical moments that they just feel, you know, completely surrounded by them. Those are the folks who are winning. Not the ones who've got the big bank account or the prettiest spouse or the biggest house or the most exotic vacation photos on their Instagram. That's not winning, in my opinion. Winning is the person who has so much magic in their life that they can do nothing but be grateful. Like so many magical moments that it's humbling and they just give thanks constantly. That is winning to me. So hit pause, reflect on your magic, and we're going to press on to... Listener love, and you all, you know, I got so much love for you. Since day one, since download one, I've had so much love and appreciation for you to take time out of your life to tune in to this podcast. And, you know, sometimes you take it a step further and you reach out to me, and that is so tremendous, so awesome. And so I want to acknowledge one of you today for reaching out to me. And this goes out 
to Leah on Instagram. I appreciate you so much for reaching out, for giving me a shout out and showing me some love in your Instagram story and, and tagging me or doing whatever you do on Instagram so that I can see it too. I appreciate that because, you know, it takes time and energy and intention to do that. It takes intention to say, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make this post and put it in my story and tag Matthew. And, you know, that's, that is awesome. That's all so cool. And so Leah, thank you so much for doing that. I appreciate it. I look forward to our conversations on Instagram and just thank you for supporting the show and supporting the mission and supporting what we're doing here at having it all help of folks like yourself have an abundant, loving life. I am so grateful to you. If you would like to be like Leah and connect with me on Instagram, go to Matthew underscore Bivens. You can hop in my DMs. That's the best way to do it. Or you can just tag me or do whatever you got to do in Instagram stories and I'll see it and I'll reply to it. You can also hit me up on email, Matthew, MatthewBivens.com. And I've been doing a lot of voice notes with you all recently. And I think that's super cool because, you know, Instagram's already fun that I could put a face or at least a profile picture to your name and to your comment, your, your note to me. But with a voice note, I can actually put a voice to it as well, you know, because you hear my voice all the time and I would love to hear your voice too. So that's a cool thing you can do over on Instagram is leave me a voice note. All right. I feel ready to jump into this episode. How about you? Ah, Okay. Once again, we're talking about how, how to deal with sadness and overwhelm in a healthy way. And I feel like this is an important thing to talk about because this has been one of those years where life has just served up so many different things that can create sadness and bring overwhelm. It's just been one of those years. Everybody knows it. We've all had our own experiences with what's been going on. And as you're going to about to hear from the listener who who proposed this idea, you know, a lot of people are in a space where they're feeling sad right now and they're feeling overwhelmed and it's been going on for a long time, right? This whole thing has been going down since March and so we're, we're looking at eight months. That's called chronic stress. So when something is going on that long, it's entered the realm of chronic stress. So you might, you might be feeling chronic sadness, chronic overwhelm, right? That, that chronic weight on your body on your body, on your spirit, on your heart, that does some serious damage if you don't address it. You better believe it. It absolutely does. And so that's why I think this is such a, an important topic for today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, as I mentioned earlier, this came from a listener. This came from Andrea on Instagram. And she asked in a voice note, by the way, how can we sit with our sadness and depressing cycles and not bypass it? That's currently what I'm going through. I'm struggling with feelings of overwhelm individually and collectively. A lot of people I'm surrounded by are going through a lot of intense feelings of overwhelm as well. I'm looking for some guidance in that. So that's what 
what Andrea shared with me. And, you know, I kind of condensed that down to those two big things, sadness and overwhelm. Those are the two things that I want to focus on today. And I'm going to address each. And there's overlap, in some overlap in my, in my feedback and, and advice, but I am going to address them separately because they don't always come hand in hand, right? Feeling sad doesn't necessarily mean that you're overwhelmed. Feeling overwhelmed doesn't necessarily mean that you're sad. But a lot of us have felt one or both in this period of time, in this year. So let's start with sadness. And, you know, the sadness is part of life, right? I mean, people, things, events make us sad. Stuff happens that, that makes us sad. And even the, the, the toughest person, the person who's got the, 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 the most armor on or that, that facade that they never get touched by anything, no, they feel sad too. It's just a human emotion. It's part of a human experience. And so it's not necessarily about how to avoid sadness. And I know that's not what you were saying, Andrea. It's just about how to process it, or as you said, how to sit with it. Like, how can you be with the sadness and and be with it in a way that ultimately can be healthy? Because you can absolutely experience sadness in a healthy way. And I think that experiencing sadness is something that ultimately is healthy. Because it's one of our emotions and we don't want to deny the emotion. It's just the things that surround the sadness, what you do when you're in it, what you do when it's complete, all of those things that are either going to move you in one direction or the other. And so for me in my life, I did not process sadness in a healthy way. For most of my life, I just I just didn't know how to do it, didn't know how to process it in a healthy way. And I just didn't have the, whatever you want to call it, the courage, maybe, to, to actually look at those things that were making me sad. And so what I used to do is I would avoid anything that made me sad. I would avoid topics that made me sad. I would make, I would avoid people that would bring up any sort of sadness or sad thoughts within me. I would just avoid it. It's like, ah, sadness, let's just do everything we can to avoid it. Or I would deny it. I would deny it and I would lie. If somebody asked me if I were sad, clearly they could see I was, but they would ask me, I would say no. And I would always say no. No, I'm cool. No, nothing's going on. No, nothing's wrong with me. I would just deny, 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 lie, lie, lie. Again, trying to avoid cracking open that that part of me that was hurting. I was so scared to actually look at it. And then the third thing that I would do is I'd bury it. I would just push down those thoughts that would create sadness. You know, anything sad, any, any, anything that kind of created like that depressed state within me, as soon as I felt it start to come up, I would do everything I could to push it down. Push it down. No, 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 no. We're not going to go there. No, 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 no. I don't want to think about that. Nope. Let me distract myself. Let me go do something else. Let me get away from this person. Let me get out of this environment because I do not want to face the sadness. And that's what I would do. Now, there's a principle out there that I was in clear misalignment with, and that's everything is energy. You know, everything is energy. And when that energy within me, that we'll just call it the sad energy, was there, and I wasn't processing it, you know, it wasn't going away. It never left. It, 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 it didn't have a way to escape or be processed or be transmuted, right? To transform, to change into a different type of energy. It just sat within me as this sad 
energy. And again, because I didn't want to face those things, my denial grew, right? The denial that I was, anything was, was wrong in my life just grew and grew and grew. My avoidance got worse. I got even more adept at avoiding anything that created some sadness in me or just masking it. And, you know, the, the biggest hit was to my mental and emotional health. Like, I was pretty emotionally fragile, even though on the surface it looked like everything was cool. But so many things would just crack me inside. And I would do whatever I could in that moment in front of whoever I was with to not let them see that something had just pierced and cracked me. And then when I would go off by myself, I would just, okay, let me stuff this, let me avoid it, let me deny it, because I don't want to process it. And, you know, bottom line is I was scared. I was really scared of experiencing that sadness that was within me because I knew that there were things that were underneath the sadness or that was feeding it that just I hadn't ever addressed. I had never healed. And the idea of facing those things was was just terrifying, super, super scary. And that was then. Today, it's much different. It's much different because I did arrive at a point where I said, you know what? I can't go on living that way. It's, it's killing me. I'm doing so many destructive things to avoid the sadness. I need to start facing them. And so over the course of a period of time, I really worked on it. And now today, when I experience sadness, I process it in a much different way. First of all, I am open to experiencing it. Like I'm open to allow sadness to, to, to flow through me. I'm open to expressing sadness. I'm open to crying. I'm open to saying something is bothering me. Something is making me feel sad. I'm open to saying, you know, I miss so-and-so. I miss this person. I miss my dog. I'm, I'm just open to experiencing those things. The next thing that I, I do now to process it is I don't judge it and I don't question it. Like I used to just have whatever, I don't know what the beliefs were, but they were beliefs that created judgment around feeling sad. Like I wasn't supposed to feel sad. You know, that it, it wasn't manly to, be, to feel sad. That that was just me being weak. I need to suck it up. And so there was so much judgment around feeling sad. And the judgment created this strong desire to want to not feel sad and just, again, push, avoid it, deny it, all those different things. Today, I don't judge it. I recognize that it's part of who I am. Like, I'm an emotional guy. I wear it on my sleeve. When I'm feeling up, you know. When I'm not, you could tell. And so I no longer judge sadness when it comes up. And I don't question it. I don't say, why is this coming here? Why am I feeling this? I don't do that anymore. Because all of those things were just getting in the way of me processing and releasing whatever it was that I needed to let go of. Today, I also am more comfortable just sitting with the sadness. And by sitting with it, I mean allowing myself to feel it. I have had so many different moments over the past couple of years where like I'll just be driving and listen to a song and just something, something about the lyric or the, or the melody or whatever, it just gets me. Like I don't even know what it is 99% of the time. And the tears just start coming. And when that moment happens, like there's gratitude within me. I'm like, okay, cool. I don't have to understand it, 
but clearly there's something in me that needed to come out. So let's just let this flow. And it's almost like, like I'm, I'm, I'm inside my body trying to use like a syringe, like push those tears out. Like, all right, if they're going to flow, let's get them all out. I want to, I want to really sit with it and just, let's just feel it. And I'm okay with that these days. You know, like I'm okay with it. I might even put the song on again, play, press repeat, play the song again to experience the emotion all over again to like, if it's if it's there, let's get it out. Let's express it. Let's feel it. I'm okay with sitting with it. And today, I'm also all right with helping myself out of the sadness or helping myself when I am feeling that sadness. And what I mean by that is if the sadness just doesn't seem to be going away on its own, then I feel okay doing something about it. Right, Because, again, in the past, if sadness wasn't going away, which it didn't, it just kept coming up again and again and again, it would just fuel this part of me that was like, deny, 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 suppress, suppress, suppress. But now, if there's sadness, and it's like the same type of sadness that keeps coming up again and again, I am much more comfortable with looking at it and saying, okay, there's something here to this. It's not just one little thing that needed to be expressed and i'm i'm willing to like i said help myself out i'm willing to to look at it i'm willing to talk about it i'm willing to seek out some help about it i'm willing to do a lot of things to help myself out when i'm experiencing sadness that doesn't go away and you know for me when it comes to that type of sadness that doesn't go away it's not like i'm trying to go from sad to happy in just a moment Right. Like I remember when when my grandmother passed away, that was really tough and I felt sadness a lot. And and sometimes it would just come up. And, you know, it was it was an inconvenient moment to feel sad. I'm sure you can relate to that. Or it was like, man, I thought that I was done with experiencing the tears today. Like I've cried five times. I You know, it's going to come up again. And so for in those moments, my brain wasn't like, all right, I need to go from sad to happy. Like, nope, I need to turn off the sadness and turn on the happiness. I didn't go there because I felt like that was a big swing. So for me, it was just about how can I get back to neutral? How can I just get back into neutral? You know, I may not be able to go from sad to happy. I ultimately want to feel happy. And so let's just go from sad to neutral. And then maybe down the line, we can go from neutral to happy. Or sometimes it was like, let's go from really sad to less sad. What can I do to make myself less sad? If I'm at an 8 out of a 10 right now in sadness, how can I go to a 6 out of 10? Again, I'm not trying to totally shift 180 degrees and get to happy. It's just like, how can I just make it a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better? And that's what I was doing. And that's what I mean by, you know, right now and today, the way I process sadness is I'm willing to help myself out. Because... Sometimes I just needed to stay afloat, right? Like I kind of felt like the sadness was pulling me under, pulling me under. Let me just stay afloat rather than completely get out of the water. You know what I mean? I think 2019 was a was a big year for me when it comes to this. Because it was a tough year. It was a tough year. And I don't really have an explanation as to why. I don't really know why. But I can remember from like February, March, early spring through most of the year into the fall, like the holiday season, 
I was just in a slump. I just felt like I was in a funk. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't 100% of the time. But I felt like I was sliding into that slump more and more frequently and without much warning. And that's not typical for me. And so I was in those during that year, I felt sadness. I felt overwhelm. Sometimes I felt disillusioned. Sometimes I just felt apathy. I just felt like I just didn't care, you know? And again, I, I couldn't explain it, but it was real because I felt it. And I had all these different tools, all these different methods of coping that I had collected over the years, right? Over the years of working on myself, of being in coaching, of learning different ways to to create my abundant loving life and learning different methods and coaching others. I had collected all these different things. And I'm grateful for that because I also had years of experience of using those tools and those resources to help me through life's ups and downs. I had a very strong community that I that I trusted, that I could lean on. You know, I had really deep, amazing relationships. And overall, I just had a lot of tools at my disposal. And in 2019, I used them. And that was tremendous in helping me to process that sadness. And so, you know, kind of I'll walk you through a little bit of my sequence when I would feel something that was just really sad or funky or low and I just couldn't shake it. You know, the first thing I would do is I would just let myself feel sad. Like I said before, I just let myself feel it when it came up. And sometimes just doing that, it would flow through me and it would be complete. And it was literally like, let's just set, shed some tears for a little while and then, oh, they're done. Great. Now we'll continue on with what I was doing. But other times it wouldn't go away. And if it didn't go away, and again, this is really when it didn't go away and it, and it not going away was impacting other areas of my life, like it was having an impact in other areas then I would really lean on those tools and those resources that I gathered. So one of my first things I would try to do is just give thanks. Give thanks, express gratitude, and be really specific. So if I was really you know, feeling low at the three dogs that transitioned over the course of a year and a half, two years, then I would just be really working on giving gratitude and thanks for the time that I had with them, giving thanks for the memories. You know, I would really try to get specific and be grateful for very specific things. And sometimes that worked. Because gratitude has this really amazing ability to change our perspective and lift us out of those funky states. It, it really is a very, very, very powerful tool. And it only gets stronger the more that you use it. That's what's cool about it. But sometimes gratitude just didn't work or I just couldn't connect with it. It's not that it didn't work. I just couldn't connect and really feel the gratitude. So I would shift to doing something for other people. Like I would get into service. And thankfully for me, in 2019, I had two things every week that was dedicated to serving others. You know, I led a weekly fitness boot camp and I led a weekly accountability group. And each one of those things, I had to get out of my own, out of myself. <laughs> and I had to start thinking about other people, to support other people, to lead other people, to guide other people, to be there for other people. And I'm telling you, that was so helpful. 
right? Like it made whatever I was going through, it didn't make it feel any less important, but it just, it, it, it gave me the chance to pour into somebody else. And, and it, that just gave me perspective. It just did. Like if I can help you through your rough spot for whatever reason, it helps me getting through my rough spot. And so that's what I would be doing. And I was also coaching through that time as well. So that was multiple opportunities every week to help others who might be going through the same rough patch that I'm going through. So that was wonderful. Now, when that didn't work, if, if, the, if the slump was still persisting, I would turn to surrounding myself with empowering material, empowering podcasts, books, YouTube videos, whatever it was. I would read or listen or watch to something that was empowering that, again, was meant to help me gain perspective. And so if I was feeling an emotion and I just I didn't know how to process it or or I had questions about it, I would just Google it. I would look at, I would research it. I would try to find a podcast on it. I would try to watch a video on it. I would just try to 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 get into some sort of conversation or tune into some sort of conversation that would help give me a different belief that I could that I could wear on or a different idea I could think about or just tune into a conversation from somebody who had a different perspective. And I found that to be helpful. When that didn't work, because sometimes it didn't, I'd be processing on the podcast. And you all heard me do that. I processed live on the podcast. And by processed, I mean, I would share what I was going through. I would share what was what was coming up for me. I would share what I'm doing in the moment. And again, that was kind of like getting in this space of getting outside of myself. And whenever I would get outside of myself, I would gain some perspective that would then help me to process whatever I was going through. So I used the podcast. It was a tremendous tool. And I think the, the last thing that I would resort to when I was feeling a slump and it just wouldn't go away is I would reach out for help. I would just reach out to people and I would ask, hey, can I, can I talk to you for a little bit? Or hey, can you come over? Or hey, can we meet up for coffee? I'm just, I'm feeling X, Y, Z and you know, I could use your energy. And that for me was typically the most challenging thing to do because I'm not, I'm not the greatest at asking for help. You know, ego can get in the way and I just don't ask for help all the time. So when I would reach out to other people, that was kind of me like, all right, I, I, I need some assistance because I'm not able to, to get through this by myself. But I did do it. And I leaned on those people that I had you know, attracted into my life who were there to support me and help me. And it was fantastic. And, and, and those men and women really showed up for me. And I appreciate them so much for it because they helped me to process what I needed to in those moments. And so that's what was going on for me in 2019. And that's still today kind of the way that I process different things. And, you know, I have outlets, I have tools, I have resources and I use them. That's one of the biggest things, I think, when it comes to the sadness is if allowing yourself to sit with it and be with it isn't working, then lean on some tools or the, or the people that can help you or the resources and use them. Like, you have to be proactive with it, you know? If you don't feel like you have tools, then you need to start developing them. And if you don't know how to develop the tools on your own, that's when you turn to somebody like me, like a coach, or you turn to somebody else 
who can help you to develop some, some effective tools to help you navigate life, navigate life's ups and downs. Because I'm telling you, I have a arsenal of tools on my side that I use personally and that I help other people to develop. And I use them. You know what I mean? Like when I create a mission statement for myself, I use it. When I get clear on my values and, and standards I have for myself, I use them. Right? When I when I have people in my life who I'm grateful for because they're so loving and I can trust them and they say, Hey, I'm here for you anytime you need me, I lean on them. And that so often is the difference between helping yourself out and just sitting in it. You know, sitting in it because ultimately nobody can do the work for you. No other person can can help you process your own sadness. It just it, they can't. Cuz half the time they're dealing with their own stuff, especially now. They're dealing with their own sadness, their own overwhelm. So they're not going to be able to do it for you. So you have to develop this proactivity about you that says, hey, I'm feeling this, I am complete feeling this, or I feel like it's getting in the way of me having my normal peace and flow and happiness in life, and I want to address it. And you start taking a step forward. It doesn't mean that you have to do it alone. It absolutely does not mean you have to do it alone, because I don't think anybody deals with this stuff alone. But you do have to take a first step. So that's how I deal with process and sit with sadness and now let's transition to overwhelm because overwhelm is one of those tricky tricky things that just tends to sneak up like overwhelm can sneak up so fast and can be so debilitating that it i mean it's so it it, it, it can be linked with anxiety disorders it can be linked with panic attacks it can be linked with so many different things that you can trace it back to this feeling of overwhelm or at least the overwhelm is sort of like the maybe a precursor like oh man i'm starting to feel overwhelmed and then that can lead to a whole bunch of other things if you don't get a handle on it if you don't know how to process it and so overwhelm the way that i look at it is overwhelm happens when your responsibilities outweigh your bandwidth it happens when the life that you took on, the life that you have around you, your day-to-day, is greater than your capacity for it. That right there is a recipe for overwhelm. Overwhelm doesn't happen immediately all the time when your life outweighs your capacity. But if you stay in that state long enough where you've got more stuff going on than you can handle, you... <laughs> You're playing a a dangerous game and overwhelm is typically the result. And overwhelm can happen in a moment or it can be something more chronic. And again, if you're experiencing chronic overwhelm, like it's lasting weeks and months or years, you might have something else that goes along with it, right? Again, like some sort of, some you might call it anxiety or something else that goes along with it because that chronic sense of, Overwhelm, feeling of overwhelm just continues, continues, continues. So another way to look at overwhelm or another way to put it is that you feel overwhelmed when your margin gets eaten up. Mm, You may not have thought of it that way. You may not have looked at it that way. It's when your margin gets eaten up. And so what is margin? 
margin is that extra mental, emotional space that is required to deal with life. It's that extra energy, that extra patience, that extra optimism or, or perseverance or belief or confidence that helps you stay afloat when the waves of life hit you. Because when your margin isn't high enough, you end up underneath the waves, right? When your margin isn't high enough, the wave hits you, boom, takes you under. When your margin is high enough, the wave can hit you, but you can ride it. Okay, so here's an analogy if, if you're having trouble understanding this idea of margin. Let's look at it in terms of money and a, and a, and a monthly expenses of your household. Let's say that right now, to run your household, it costs you $5,000, right? That's what goes out every month, $5,000. And let's say what you're bringing in is $5,100. Okay, so you're bringing in more than what's going out. Great. At $5,100 going in, excuse me, coming in and $5,000 going out, you have a $100 margin. $100 that you've got every month to deal with all of the unexpected things that happen outside of your expected expenses. Now, $100 is not very much. If that was your, your monetary margin each month, you better hope that something doesn't happen. Because if your kid gets sick, if your car gets a flat tire, if your roof gets a leak, if your dog has to go to the vet, if anything unexpected happens, boom, that margin is eaten up. So now let's look at the case where you've got $5,000 expenses and $10,000 coming in. So $5,000 going, going out, $10,000 coming in. Now you've got a $5,000 margin. That's a pretty big margin. That's a pretty big margin to be operating with. That means after all the things are accounted for, all your expenses, you still have $5,000 left to deal with whatever the unexpected stuff is. In that case, you're probably not going to chew through your $5,000 in the course of a month. Your margin is nice and high. The same goes on with you and your energy or what I call sometimes your bandwidth. Some of us are walking around and we have just enough, just enough energy to deal with the life that we have created for ourselves. And when anything new is introduced, boom, immediately we're now in the negative. We're in the red. And our energy is, is being sucked and depleted and our bandwidth is gone and our patience is low and our hope is just dissolving away and we don't think that anything great is going to happen now because there's more life that's happening than we have the capacity for. That's when your margin is in the negative. And when you don't have that margin, I'm telling you, life's curveballs are going to eat up your reserves. It's going to eat them all up and put you dangerously close to feeling overwhelmed. If you're feeling overwhelmed a lot, it's most likely because you just don't have the margin built up. So if margin is the answer to the overwhelm, then the question is, well, how do you build up margin? How do you do that? Well, the answer is you make more deposits than withdrawals. A deposit is simply something that adds to you. A withdrawal is simply something that takes away. So you got to make sure you're doing more things that add to you that fill you up, 
that keep you going than things that are taking away. It's just like a bank account. You know me, I love my analogies. It's just like a bank account where when you deposit money, what happens to the balance? It goes up. When you withdraw money, what happens to the balance? It goes down. So if you make more deposits than withdrawals, guess what? You've got some margin. And if you make more deposits over a long period of time than withdrawals, you just keep doing that, your margin builds and builds and builds. Now, deposits in this sense for ourselves, it looks like doing something healthy for yourself. Something physically healthy, emotionally healthy, mentally healthy, spiritually healthy, socially healthy. You can make deposits in all of those areas. And here's the kicker. All of those areas are necessary for balanced and sustained health. A lot of times we think our health is just physical or maybe physical and mental. But we don't account for our emotional health. We don't account for our social health. We don't account for our spiritual health. We don't even have those concepts in our brain, so we don't do anything for them. But in order for you to be holistically healthy, have well-rounded health, balanced health, however you want to look at it, you've got to make sure all of those areas are being taken care of. You've got to make sure you're making deposits in all of those areas. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, that means you're low in one or more of those areas. You haven't been making enough deposits to actually build up the margin to keep you afloat for life's challenges. That's just what it is. That's where the overwhelm comes from. I don't have enough built up, enough reserves built up, enough margin built up so that when life comes and smacks me in the face, I can handle it. I can handle it in a powerful way. So you know yourself. And because you know yourself, let's do a little bit of an exercise. You could probably tell in two seconds which areas are low, right? In physical, mental, emotional, social, spiritual. So the exercise is rate yourself. Rate yourself from zero to five right now in each one of those areas. Zero means you're totally empty. You do no deposits in that that area. Five is you are just filled to the brim. You deposit plenty and it's so much great stuff is happening in that area. So zero to five, where are you at right now? Rank yourself physically, zero to five. Rank yourself mentally, zero to five. Rank yourself emotionally, zero to five. Rank yourself socially, zero to five. And rank yourself spiritually, zero to five. So where do you rank in each one of those areas? Kind of go through that in your mind. Right now. Think about it right now. And then think about how do you rank, how have you been ranking in those areas over the last month or the last three months or the last six months? It's so important to know this. It's so important to have, to be able to wrap your hands around this because once you figure out which areas are low, then you can begin to do something about it. You can begin to come up with a plan as to how you're going to make more deposits so that you can build up your margin so that you don't experience overwhelm all the time. Remember, a deposit is just a healthy habit. There's big deposits and there's small deposits, but they all count. If you put a penny in your bank account 
your account balance goes up. If you put $100,000 in your bank account, the account balance goes up. They both matter. Big habits, small habits. They're all important. And again, I'm going to just keep hammering this home because I want you to leave this episode being so sick of me using the word margin. (laughs) But overwhelm happens when you don't have the margin built up. And you build up your margin by making deposits into your health. And again, your health is not just physical. It's mental. It's emotional. It's social. It's spiritual. All those things. And those deposits, whether they're big or small, need to be things you're doing regularly. And regularly is the key word here. It's not something that you do just once a week or a few times a month. No, those don't cut it. You've got to be making daily deposits in order to stay afloat and in order to avoid overwhelm. I used this analogy with a client of mine recently. We talked about those, those deposits into self. And I was like, if you're trying to learn a new language and you only looked at the material and tried to learn one time a week, how efficient do you think you're going to be at that language? Or how long is it going to take for you to just be able to talk like a five-year-old talks? It'll take so long if you're only doing it once a week or once a month or twice a week. You got to do this stuff every day, a little bit every day. And the same happens with deposits. You've got to be regular with making those deposits. You got to be doing it every single day. Consider this. The everyday challenges of life are right now in your life creating constant withdrawals, right? From the moment you wake up, stuff's coming at you, energy is going out, time is going out. You know, there's all these things that are withdrawals out, 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 out. They happen on a daily basis. Now, if you aren't making deposits on a daily basis, then guess what? You've got no chance at just staying afloat. We're not even talking about building margin. If you've got withdrawals coming out every day and you're only making intentional deposits every other day, you are going in the negative. You are sinking. It's not like a rocket science thing. It's, dang, life is just sucking, 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 and I'm barely putting anything back in my tank. So you got to be making sure that not only are you making those deposits consistently every day, but you got to be depositing more than what's being withdrawn. You've got to. It's like if you spend $10 a day and you're trying to build up your margin, your bank account, and you, you spend $10 every single day. Well, guess what? If you're only putting back $10 in that account, you're not going up. You're just staying afloat. And if you're only putting $9 in the account, but you're spending $10 a day, you're going down. So in order for you to build up margin so that you can handle life and not get overwhelmed, you got to be putting more in the tank than what's going out. Again, I'm going to hammer these points home with you so that you get so sick of me saying it. (laughs) And these concepts are simple, but they're not always easy. I get it. But you know what? If you don't want to experience overwhelm, you've got to do something about it. It will not go away magically. You cannot wish it away. You just can't do it. Now, sometimes overwhelm can be addressed by asking for help. Sometimes that that works. Sometimes overwhelm can be addressed by becoming more efficient at managing your time. 
right? Maybe you need to introduce to-do lists or a calendar into your life. Okay, that can help. And sometimes overwhelm can be addressed by taking things off of your plate. Great. And I've done all those things. And I'll tell you this. Those are, those are great band-aids. But if you don't address the underlying issue and you don't start making more deposits than withdrawals, you'll be right back at square one again. You just will. Because what is creating the big issue overall is not being addressed. And so you've got to address it. So here's how I do it. Because I live a very, 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 very full life. I got so much stuff going on by design, by choice that I build up over time. And so I have a lot of, of life happening. Therefore, I need to make sure that I have a lot of deposits going on. And the tool that I use, the way that I keep track of my deposits is my balance chart. Super simple. It's my balance chart. And right now I went in and I counted. I have 49 different habits, four, nine, 49 different habits that I track on a daily and weekly basis on my balance chart. Now, if you're like, yo, that's a lot, just stick with me because I started out with about 10 and a lot, some of those 10 were things that I was already doing, you know, like flossing my teeth or, you know, drinking water. I was already doing those things, but I started small and I built it up over the course of seven years to get to the point where now I have 49 things that I track and I make sure that I do, that I make these deposits. And for me, my strategy is I want to make sure that I dedicate time every day to make deposits so that I'm making at least a handful of deposits on a daily basis every single day. Not a day goes by that I don't do something healthy for myself. You know, because like I said, my life takes a lot out of me. A lot of energetic withdrawals in being a father, a husband, a lover, an influencer, an entrepreneur, community member, a son, a brother, a friend. That's a lot going out. And so if I want to keep a healthy balance and be able to sustain my life and my energy and my sense of peace and my joy and not feel overwhelmed all the time, then I got to continue making deposits. And I love my life. I love my life. I would not have it any other way. I love all the things that I have my hands in, all the people I get to interact with. I love everything about it. And what's been really cool for me is that these 49 habits that I do right now, they've just become part of my everyday lifestyle. I, I really don't have to think about them. I just live. I just do life. I just do me. And there's things that you do right now that you don't have to really think about that are healthy deposits. Like maybe you're great at flossing your teeth and you floss every day. Cool. That absolutely is a healthy deposit. It's something that, that improves your health. It's a deposit into your tank. Awesome. You've got things going on right now, yet you may not be very aware of them or it may not be very intentional. And so my advice to you is that start getting intentional. Because if you're experiencing overwhelm a lot, again, it's because your margin is low. And you don't want to just hope that your margin goes up because you think about it. No, you need to have a plan. You need to have a strategy. You need to execute on that strategy. You need to see what works and what doesn't work. And you need to adjust. That's it. Anything else is just a hope and a prayer. And I'm telling you, is ultimately not going to work. You're going to have to be intentional about making those deposits. Think back to the bank account analogy. 
if you want your bank account to grow, you can't just hope that it's going to grow. You got to look at it. You got to track it. You got to be aware of what's going out and be aware of what's going in. You got to have a plan. You got to have a strategy, right? And that's the same thing that needs to happen in order for you to not experience so much overwhelm. So you can deal with the overwhelm by increasing your margin, and you can do that by making sure your healthy habits outweigh your unhealthy ones. Again, like I said before, it's simple, but as we know, it's not always easy. This is how I deal with sadness and overwhelm. And I hope that by now you've got some very clear things that you can take away and add into your life, add into your tool belt to help you deal with these things as well. Because guess what, everybody? The stuff that's going on right now may not go away anytime soon. Yeah. We could, we could very, very easily be at the end of 2021 talking about the same stuff we're talking about right now. The same life stressors, the same things happening around the world, the same health crisis, the same financial crisis. Oh, yeah. Let's be real about that. That could absolutely be continuing. And so what are you going to do so that you don't have another 12 months of sadness, so that you don't have another 12 months of overwhelm? Because depending on your emotional state, who knows what a few more months of sadness or overwhelm is going to do? I'll tell you what, it's not going to create anything anything great. Nothing good is going to come out of that. And so instead of just waiting and hoping that things outside of you change, it's time for you to create the shift. It's on you. It's up to you. Again, you don't have to do it alone, but you've got to make those first steps. You've got to be proactive. You've got to take initiative. You've got to say, you know what? If I'm going to be happy and I'm going to just get over this overwhelm stuff, it's going to happen because I made it so, not because something out there changed, not because a law was changed or because this was made available or because I got this money from the government. No, it's because you decided that you wanted to shift something. That is how you will ultimately create the experience you want. That is how you'll ultimately have your abundant loving life is by getting in there and being proactive. So I think this was such an awesome conversation. Andrea, thank you again so, so much for the tremendous question. I mean, you launched a really, really great conversation and episode, and I know that other folks have gotten a lot out of it. If you've got some feedback from me, if you've got some questions for me, whatever, please reach out. My email is matthew at matthewbivens.com, and I'm on Instagram at Matthew underscore Bivens. All right. I am complete for today, for the week. Thank you so much for tuning in with me. You are awesome. I appreciate you. I love you. My name is Matthew Bivens. Here is to you having it all. Quick note about the Having It All podcast. I am not a doctor nor a licensed therapist. I'm a guy with a story and a passion for conscious conversation. My thoughts, opinions, and beliefs are my own. So please consult with your doctor or healthcare provider regarding any questions or issues you have related to your personal, physical, or mental health. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgins. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, 
check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.